Today on The State of Education, we're continuing our discussion with Veronica Gemma, a former homeschool mom and school board member of York County, Pennsylvania. She has some great thoughts for us on standing up to the beast that can be poor school leadership. Veronica has won some of those battles and she's lost some, yet she still believes that we can gain a solid footing in education and eventually turn the tide. So what you saw then was this committee was formed, uh, the superintendent was supporting it, pushing it, and to be clear, I'm sure that a lot of that was coming from federal mandates and other yes. things. Uh, and so, you know, he would say, look, I'm just trying to do my job. Uh, arguably, yes, arguably, no, uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's the kids that matter, not the mm -hmm. bureaucrats uh, that's somewhere right. that's that's telling us the way they want us to operate things. And so let me ask this question. In Pennsylvania, every state's different. So in, in Pennsylvania, do local, so there's a state school board and then there are local school boards. We have this on our website uh, under uh, the resource, Know Your Schools. But in Pennsylvania, do the local school board members have quite a lot of ability to implement things like policy? I mean, obviously they do the hiring, firing and so forth, but but do they just purely kind of make sure that what the state school board says happens gets done to the T? Or is it that they actually, does the state board kind of set minimum policy and minimum guidelines and the local school boards then actually govern and actually administrate in the sense uh, the local school systems. Well, um, something else I learned and I talk about a lot now with candidates is that the school board members need to realize their power because every school district school board ha is their own governing body. Okay. okay. They set their own policy for their district. Okay. The, the PDE, the Pennsylvania Department of Education, they put out benchmarks for yeah. you know academics per grade level. And the school district can use whatever materials or curriculum they choose to reach those benchmarks. You know, it's interesting. Actually, there's a majority of our states that operate that way. I believe that's the best way. That's the way it ought to be. And uh, and it's important for people to understand that in most cases, uh, when I'm talking now to our audience and to citizens out there, in most cases, uh, the local school boards have significant authority to give leadership and guidance to uh, critical areas that go on in their school, school systems, I mean, including the the type of curriculum that's going to be followed many of the policies that are implemented carried out processes all of those things uh local school boards have quite a lot of authority and ability there so that's why we believe that local school boards are so important and why having good leaders there is so important so all right, so you had this committee doing their thing and they started to then, what, implement this into the classrooms, into the text, was the text, were the books and stuff that were being used, were they being used as 
uh, curriculum content or were these just were these I shouldn't say just were these issues that, you know, related primarily to holdings in the library. And so we've talked a little bit about racial issues, but I'm confident there were also gender and sex related issues as well. Absolutely. They're, they they were tackling it all. Um, I caught it before it was approved. After I was in the in the in the committee meetings and I wasn't getting anywhere with the superintendent or the assistant superintendent about my questions and concerns, I then thought, OK, well, they had their chance. I'm going to bring this to a public meeting and I'm going to start mm -hmm. asking questions. I didn't, you know, go out and start attacking. I just started asking the hard questions to bring this to the public so mm -hmm. they could hear my concerns and what was going on and what the plans were. Mm -hmm. So the it was time to approve the PDE's benchmarks, which the districts call curriculum. I disagree with that term for benchmarks. Curriculum is the whole package of right. You know, you have your benchmarks, you have your assessments, you you have the programs in which you use to teach um, mm -hmm. is, is the curriculum. So I asked questions, you know, right in the height of defund the police being pushed. One of the benchmarks was teaching the value of police. And so I saw these books that were very anti-police. So my question was, what are the instructional materials that you're using to teach this benchmark the value of police? They, they, could not, they could not answer. I disagree with the public school teaching the value of parents or the role of a parent. Um, so that was another question. There was, a, there was a benchmark that actually almost looked like a, it was the word verse. The teacher authority versus the parent authority. Once the student mm -hmm. is in school, like, why is that even a benchmark? Mm -hmm. So I brought that up and I asked, well, what, what does that mean? And what instructional materials are you using to teach this? I cannot approve this knowing, not knowing what you're using. And in, in my opinion, it's not the government school to teach the authority, you know, the value of a parent versus the very, a value of the teacher, two different mm -hmm. things. And they could not answer my questions. It did start a conversation amongst the board. Um, I shared that I was concerned with some of the things I heard being discussed in the diversity committee meetings. And it needs to be addressed before we approve these so-called benchmarks slash curriculum, whatever you want to refer to it as. Um, and then the next day I was in the newspaper Never expected any of this, by the way. I just was asking innocent questions. I had no idea that I was, um, I made sure I did not use the trendy um, terms such as white privilege in my questions, such as the white saviorism in my questions. I made sure that I didn't even go there. Um, and the next day I was in the newspaper as a racist. Interesting. Yes. So was that, uh, well, let we don't need to go into that. That uh, that can go a lot of different directions. But so yes, yeah, so that kind of stuff unfortunately does happen uh, in in communities. And so uh, let's kind of kind of hone down. So at the end of the day, um, you became a target. Yes. And uh, and so 
did did you find uh, other conservatives on the board uh, decided to stand with you or did they not because of what they saw was happening to you uh and at the end of the day kind of tell us now kind of what happened give us your story there in, in just a couple minutes if you would so it was myself and a and a one other fellow board member her name was Vicky and she she also added to the conversation that at that board meeting. Um, and now let me just say, parents were engaged because they didn't want masks. Parents were engaged because they wanted their kids back in school playing sports, and then they go away. Then when we were still remote uh, meeting, so we didn't have mm -hmm. an audience in the room, the, the night, that was August 10th, I think, 2020, that night when I started asking questions, started it. There were maybe, 50 people on the, on the live stream. The next week, August 17th, it went up to 952. Hmm. People were starting to listen and get engaged. They wanted to know what was going on in their, in their kids' classrooms. Now these are parents? Yes. Okay. Letters started rolling in, um, in favor of my questions, in favor of transparency, in what is being taught in the classrooms against anything related to anti-racism or critical race theory, oppressed versus oppressor concepts. Um, letter after letter after letter. And it is the law that the public is to be heard. So mm -hmm. they had to read the letter, every letter out loud in the board meetings. It was considered citizen comment. Right. So every letter was read and for every I don't know. For every 25 letters, there was one that might have been, you know, this agreeing with the CRT, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you did have a little bit of both people seeing what was happening to me and starting trying to stand back because they didn't want that kind of attention. They were afraid for their jobs. It was the height of cancel culture. Um, and I just kind of fell into it and I figured I need to keep fighting because I'm not going to back down now. I need to finish what I started. Plus it, it, it's an, it's important. Mm -hmm. We need to fight for our next generation. Mm -hmm. So what happened, we have a local um, grassroots group called free PA here in York County that was started during the shutdown. And the, the leaders of that asked me to come speak to tell the community what was going on. Now I went there and I prefaced my speech with, I'm not there representing the school board. I'm there as a parent informing the community. This, and I didn't release anything that was not public already. I just said, this is what's going on. This is what I saw in these public committee meetings. You know, people need to be aware um, because if we don't tackle this now, it's gonna be our children, the next generation burning down our cities in 10 years. And it's, it's, was quite concerning and people started waking up in our community about it. So when the book list came out, it was two months of debate in school board meetings, but then that was August. So then finally by November, we tabled the book list because I proposed a curriculum committee to be developed so we could vet the books. Every, mm -hmm. every piece of instructional material needs to be content and age appropriate. Mm -hmm. And that's what the goal was. But the superintendent and then the 
rest of the school board that wasn't willing to step out allowed it to get kicked down down the road um, and it never it never came to fruition i was mm -hmm. i got in contact with another superintendent uh, from a local district in another county who mentored me through this a little bit and he um, explained how, how a board should be structured and which our board was not structured this way and it and every board should be structured as a committee structured board right you have a you have a committee for all of the major areas of the district you know curriculum uh, sports extracurricular obviously budget and finance policy we had a policy committee that was they say that was by law but i think they all should be because mm -hmm. there needs to be oversight in all of it um, even groundskeeping, there needs to be committees to have oversight and, and accountability into where the money's going and what the kids are being taught. So what happened then was because of your pushback, uh, it appears uh, that uh, there started to be some organization, some resistance, mm -hmm. uh, whether it was teachers, unions or community people. I don't know. Maybe you want to tell us some of those things. Uh, and basically there became a big push and a lot of money invested to get you off of the board. Talk to us quickly about that. Sure. So, um, so, so the curriculum committee never happened. And that's because of the resistance from most board members and the board president, which to, to this day, if that happened, we would not be in this position. So um, my turn was coming up and I decided I want, wanted to run again. And during that time, so, so campaigns start around March of the previous um, general election. So the superintendent, we, we pushed back on him on a lot of issues, many, many issues. Mm -hmm. So he just, he's so used to controlling everything. We basically pushed him out and he retired early. Mm. But he didn't go out without a bang. What he did was he took that Google uh, file, which was a, you know, the, the book list was on a, um, a shared doc that I was, you know, a lot of us were looking at and seeing what was the book list, how it was growing or what was, and, and some of the teachers that were involved in the diversity committee actually edited that book list even after it was tabled. It should never have been touched. So they started removing some of the books I was questioning. Um, so the superintendent on his way out in September, 2021, he grabbed that list. He changed the name to diversity committee book list to banned book list. And he leaked it to the press. And that was in the heart of our campaign. So it just blew up and there's there's activist teachers at the high school that were grabbing the students to be their mouthpieces and they were protesting in front of our building every morning um, and a lot of these activist teachers run a club called the beautiful people club and they target mm -hmm. um, ninth grade uh, kids that come in they target special needs autistic children to join their beautiful people club and it's all about lgbtq and transgender and this is going on under the noses of this administration and the school board. Mm -hmm. um, so while they were protesting, the newspapers were going crazy. 
my opponents raised $75,000 and were sending mailers um, just attacking me, you know, saying I'm messing up children's minds. But they were sending them to Republicans. They were sending them to my voters. And it it worked. I mean, we only had 25000 They had 75000 to work with. And their money came in from all over the country. Some of the most liberal states in the country, Seattle, um, it, money came in from Portland, Oregon. Money came in from the Virgin Islands. Act Blue, and we all know what Act Blue is. The Democratic mm-hmm. Party of Pennsylvania, the teachers unions. Never has there ever been that much money raised for school board. My first race, we we spent maybe seven thousand between primary and general. Yeah. This this time we did spend twenty five thousand because we had a we had more donations, right? Mm-hmm. Because of what the opposition was was doing. Right. So, um, so yeah, I was labeled the book banner. You were defeated. Is that correct? I was defeated. I think there are a couple of takeaways that all of us listening need to get from this. First of all, uh, it takes a lot of courage to really lead and to be bold on issues that are important uh, and for the good and the health of our communities and especially for our children. Yes. And so, first of all, I want to thank you for, for the stand that you took. Uh, no question about it. Uh, we believe that you are on the right side of those issues. Uh, and it's not about book banning. No. It's about ultimately what is the purpose of the school and does that content actually help fulfill the mission of the school? And uh, and so typically, you know, schools are there to train people in in the academics and in the rigor and prepare kids for life. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's really the parents and other, you know, faith-based groups and other community groups that the parents choose to associate with in the community. It's really up to them to take care of these other issues on belief systems and their, their political and social issues. We need to get all of that stuff out of our schools. And, uh, and and really focus on making sure that our kids are protected and that they are equipped so that they can become great citizens. Uh, and, and just putting pitting kids against each other is unhealthy by any standard. And so, um, you know, do we do we care about individuals with, uh, you know, gender confusion and so forth. Absolutely. Uh, and, and those individuals need to be cared about. Uh, but it's really not the school's issue. Uh, that needs to be taken other places in the community and it needs to be directed and guided by the parents. And so, uh, first of all, I just want to make that really clear that I, I stand with you there. Uh, and, and I think most parents across this country would stand with us there. Um, and, and what's important now for parents to understand is that in these issues, it's critical that parents get engaged because yes. a lot of people think, look, these things only happen in 
you know, distant places or they only happen in urban centers and so forth. No, 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 no. Uh, York County is pretty conservative and it's fairly rural. Uh, and, you know, and we see that all across the country. These issues are not just going into certain areas. It's universally saturating into the school systems. It's being driven from the top down and, uh, and so forth. So parents, you need to get involved. You've got to know what is going on in your schools. You've got to hold school board members accountable for what's going on in the schools. And if school board members are not fighting for your kids and your rights as parents, you need to replace them. Yes. And be, let's go a step farther even than that. Um, as parents, you, you know, you get bombarded by campaigns, especially, you know, and the question always is, uh, you know, how, how do I know who's the best person, the right person? Let me just say, don't believe everything you see. Don't believe everything you hear. You need to engage with the candidates themselves and find out from their own mouths what's really going on. And you can do that. It's not that difficult. You just got to reach out. Their candidate information is always available. And you just need to reach out and find out, ask your questions and get answers for you so that you are well prepared and well equipped and you are not just picking up campaign rhetoric that often is aggressive and attacking and often very misleading. Uh, unfortunately, politics has come to that in many, many cases. And so let's talk now, uh, Veronica, what are you doing now in your community to try to just stay engaged, stay involved, uh, work with community leaders and parents and, and, and continue uh, what you believe to be the right thing. What are you doing right now? Well, I am, I joined a local um, grassroots pack called uh, PA Economic Growth Pack that was started here in your county uh, by some uh, really great business owners and a few representatives, state representatives for support and guidance. And it was basically started to keep businesses open during the, the mandate, but then it moved into supporting some grassroots candidates to primary other candidates and, and um, get good people up in Harrisburg when they've been very successful in that. So they asked me to join them as their um, education director uh, for their education um, piece of, of the pack. And so, you know, the, the, the tasks change depending upon uh, the season or, or the time of year. And right now, uh, for the past several months, I've been recruiting school board candidates. Um, because what you say, if the school board directors are not doing what you want, parents, run, run for school board, get involved, get engaged. Um, you will be um, astounded by what you learn and your eyes will be opened. And it is quite rewarding um, mm -hmm. to, to be able to be in a position to be something bigger than yourself and have impact, especially when it is concerning our children, our next generation, and, and eventually our communities in our, in our state, in our country. Mm -hmm. um, so it is difficult because people are skeptical about going through what I might have gone through. I went through. Um, 
But I come alongside these candidates and I, I help them through on the process of getting on the ballot and, and some campaign strategy. And we have a team of people through the pack that is willing to help and train as well. Like when I ran for school board, there was nobody. But now we're, we're assisting and supporting, endorsing, um, helping financially in some districts, depending upon the, the type of campaign might be running there. Um, mm -hmm. Once these candidates are elected and they get in those seats, we then offer a training about, okay, now I'm elected, what do I do now kind of thing. So mm -hmm. because they, they do have to get the state board training, but we want to go beyond that. And we want right. to teach them what they really need to know and how to make, how to work with the system and how to make the system work for them and the students, exactly. putting, putting the students and the taxpayers first. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, if people want to reach out to you or contact you, uh, how can they do that? Well, they can email me. They can find me on Facebook. They can contact the PA Economic Growth Pack Facebook page. Do you have a website? Yes, it's paeconomicgrowthpack.com. And again, okay. they're on Facebook. Um, they can contact me through there. And my email is V-E-G-E-M-M-A, the number five, at gmail.com. They can email me anytime and ask questions. I'm, I'm always willing and open to, to, to help and assist. Well, Veronica, thank you for your time as you've shared some of the things, even the things you're working on uh, going forward. Uh, I think that's a great idea. We do some of those very same things here at Noel Webster Educational Foundation, and people can learn all about not only the candidate training that we provide online, but also the continuing education we do for school board members, summits, and so forth. And all of that can be found on our website at nwef.org. Thank you, Veronica, for what you guys are doing. And together we're all working for the benefit of our children, our families, our schools, and our country. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melvin. Thanks for joining us today. One of our goals at the Noah Webster Educational Foundation is to equip citizens to engage with their local government and school system. You can find resources, including our online course, Introduction to School Boards on our website at www.nwef.org. Tune in next time for another episode of The State of Education with Melvin Adams.